Hello, and welcome to Big Light Podcast, Reflections on Living into Our Soul's Essence. This is Amy L. Landor, and I am your host and guide. Welcome. Today, we will explore being turned on as an act of service. What? Did she really say that? (laughs) Yes, I did. Being turned on as an act of service. So what do I mean by being turned on? Oh, you immediately went there, didn't you? (laughs) Well, that's part of it. That's part of it. Being sexually turned on feels good and it wakes us up. But I'm not talking about that. That will be another podcast. <laughs> oh, if I still have listeners by that point. So what I mean by being turned on is parts of ourselves, parts of our psyche being given a voice, being given expression. And this topic for this podcast came about because I was talking to a friend. She's a therapist and she had a overload of teenage clients and she was feeling tired and overwhelmed and not excited. So we started to explore that together. You know, why does she have so many teenage clients? And basically it came about that she started with those as her clients and then people found out that that's the work she did and they just kept giving them to her. Okay, great. So, you know, I'm working with her and talking about what do you like about it? What don't you like about it? And she said the thing that was the most challenging is that a lot of her clients, because they're teenagers, are in crisis. And that when she started out as a therapist, wasn't interested in doing crisis counseling. I mean, that it was familiar to her, but it wasn't her passion. So it gave us an opportunity to start to look at, well, what is your passion? Let's get back to original intent. Because, you know, as we go along in things, we get caught in them or we get caught up in them. And then we forget what our original intent is, why we got involved in whatever career we've gotten involved with. Sometimes we just lose the original contract or the original intent. So after many questions and exploration, I said, what do you, why did you go into being a therapist? You know, why, what was it? And she says, I'm, I'm curious. I'm a really curious person. And I said, great. So it was curiosity. It was this part of you that is innately curious. And she's like, yeah. And you could see her excitement coming back. So I said, here's the thing. People, certain people love crisis. I know somebody who turns on when there's a crisis. It's amazing. She's amazing at dealing with crises. Most people, you know, get flooded or overwhelmed or like, ah, I don't want to do it. But this person, this woman, literally gets turned on by crisis. She is there. She knows what to do. And it's pretty amazing. So I, when I was describing this to my friend, she's like, yeah, no, that's not me. <laughs> like, okay, great. But you're curious. You love curiosity. She said, yeah, but here's the thing. She said, I don't feel like, you know, I really, I struggle because I want to be of service in the world. I was taught that you have to help people and you have to help all sorts of people. And 
and you could see her voice getting lower and lower. And, you know, as she's like talking about helping people, you know, I, I just wanted to fall. I wanted to take a nap. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, that sounds exhausting. And I said, let's let's just play with this for a moment. What if it became a very selfish proposition that it wasn't just like because our culture and particularly I just want to make a side note, particularly women are just ingrained. I mean, I know this is true for men. Men are taught to provide. So every gender, every (laughs) there are many. Each gender has programming that is particular to that gender. So females are often programmed to give and be of service and be able to help many people and be the healer and the the, 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 and can be exhausting. Similarly, men are taught to provide and they have to show up in a certain way. And so when we start to shift away from the cultural programming that teaches us to that we should be a certain way and we start to access our soul's purpose and our soul's expression, then it becomes a different way of walking in the world. So how this continued to come about is that she said, well, is it okay to go into session and want to get me as if she's talking, me as a therapist want to get something out of it? And in that moment, I just laughed and I woke, I was just like, oh my gosh, I said, absolutely. Because if you're not walking through life in your relationships, in your work, and you're not getting something from it, you're not going to be engaged. And that engagement is that we bring ourselves and parts of ourselves that are excited to be there. So if we're not excited about being wherever we're at, either we're in the wrong place or we have to shift our perception about how we're showing up. So, you know, continue to get curious. And she's like, well, I'd love to be fun and curious. And I'm like, well, how much fun and curiosity are you able to bring into your sessions? And she's like, not much because they're always in crisis. So that's an easier solution in terms of like, ah, you know, she can set some boundaries around not having as many teenage clients and stopping referrals, and she can take some action steps on that. But most importantly, it was about getting to her, back to her original intent of what is true to her, and that is having fun, being curious, and calling in those kinds of clients, and also bringing in those energies into the clients she already has. Like, what teenager doesn't want to have fun? And Um, be curious or help them be curious. So it can be both changing the actual thing itself, or it can be re getting, like I say, getting back to original tent or reshifting our perspective to what turns us on. So more importantly, and this is core of what I want to talk about is that we have these parts of ourselves that want expression. And I will often talk about the soul as being multidimensional and multifaceted. And it's, I like to think of a prism or a diamond where each part of the diamond shines in different light and it's multifaceted. You know, depending on how you shift a diamond, it'll, the light will bounce off in different ways. And so I think of our souls as multidimensional, multifaceted. And we have parts of ourselves that need and desire expression. Part of the inner journey that we take as 
souls evolving as we grow up in cultures that teach us we need to be this we need to, and, you know there's just layers of this if you're a girl or you're a boy this is what you do or if you grow up in a family and there's everyone in the family is republican or everyone in the family is in the financial world you have to start to figure out what your soul's desire is and your self-expression which sometimes can be uh, more or less challenging based on the culture and family you grow up in to define and find out who you are. And that is the inner journey. So as we get older, clearly, it becomes more apparent who we are if you're doing the work and if you've fallen down enough and have been in enough pain, you're like, ah, that doesn't work. Well, this works. That doesn't work. So I think that as we get older, what I've experienced as I've gotten older is parts of myself need expression that might not have needed it or I wasn't as awake to it in the past. So in terms of our soul having different aspects of itself and discovering those aspects, what I was suggesting to this friend who was struggling with what it means to be of service and also get something out of her interaction with her clients, I said to her, you know, she asked me, well, what about you when you work? Are you getting something out of it? And I laughed and I said, oh, my God, I have to be getting something out of it. I'm the kind of person who <laughs> I love diversity. I love engagement. I love to feel alive and in my passion. And if I'm not experiencing that in my relationships or in my work, then I need to look at what, what do I need to do? Is that, is that working for me? Is there something I need to shift? But I certainly put myself forward in that regard because when I am turned on, when I am engaged, it lights up a room. It lights up my beingness. And then people experience that. People experience somebody who's lit up, who's excited, who's in expression of my, you know, I'm in expression of my soul. And that's juicy. That's juicy. Now, who isn't, you know, we, we watch TED Talks and we listen to podcasts and we, you know, watch TV or whatever, and we, we, we become engaged with people who are engaged. We like to see people who are engaged in their craft or their art or find meaning in whatever they're doing because a, an engaged, impassioned, turned on person reminds us of what's possible. Now, that could be exciting for somebody and it can also be triggering. So that's a whole <laughs> that's a whole rabbit hole right there. However, how a person responds, if I'm turned on and I'm engaged, I will get a, a mix of response to that. People will be like, oh, God, I want that, or I want to be turned on too. Or they'll be like, oh, shit, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready to look at the places in me where I'm not turned on. And they might have a reaction. And that's the inner work, is to allow people their process in regards to my being turned on. I'm just using me as an example. So, you know, some people are like, ah, that's just too bright. That's too, that's too much of a burning bush over there. I need to 
step back or people come closer or they come and then they, you know, roast their marshmallow for a little bit and then, and then step back. Um, and however anybody is in response to me being turned on is their response. And I think that does take a certain level of awareness because I have heard people say, well, when I'm in my, you know, if I'm fully in myself, people are going to have a reaction to that. Hell yeah, they are. And they're also going to have a reaction when you're not in your full. So I think people try to avoid being full on, turned on, impassioned, lit up, because people are going to have a feeling about that. But also when you hide and when you're not in full, (laughs) the fullness of your being, things start to happen. And this is what I've noticed. I've noticed that people become depressed. They become anxious. They become sick. So it's not like others aren't going to have a reaction to that, too. People are always reacting to us, and that's their experience. And I know for myself, my experience is to allow myself to be who I am and allow people to be where they're at in their reaction, whether they're excited by me being turned on or whether they're scared. It's not about me. And that takes a certain level of inner work to get to that place and not to also go into reaction to their reaction. (laughs) What I want to sort of come back around to is this idea that when I am in expression of those parts, that I'm actually being of service. Because I do get, it's, it's so interesting how people will, when I say I'm doing this or I'm doing that, or I've decided to go on this trip or I'm doing this, people will be like, well, I, I couldn't do that. So what I will often hear is people struggle with this idea of when they focus on themselves, they're being selfish. And that we're taught to be selfless and to be of service and to give back to the world. And this is a deeper issue that I want to address is that when we focus on ourselves and come to know ourselves and come to know our inner being and our inner being's soul expression, and that could be, it's clearly different for everybody. It could be uh, how you express your gender how you express your sexuality, how you express your creativity, your mission in the world, whether you're a traveler or someone who wants to stay home, whether you have within you a mother or a father, meaning you 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 desire so deeply to mother or you desire so deeply to father, that that we all have a myriad of aspects to ourselves that want expression. And so unless you're tapped, unless you're being selfish, meaning you're turning your attention inward to to find those places and to activate those places and then to bring those places within you forward, then when you talk, when people talk about being selfless, I'm not sure where they're coming from. Are they coming from their soul's expression Are they coming from that their mother told them to do that? Their grandmother did that? Are they taught in their culture from their father that that's just the way things are? So when people talk about being selfless, I'm like, well, where is that actually coming from? 
because when we know what our soul desires, when we have access to those aspects of ourselves and we act from there, that is one of the biggest gifts we can give people. It's one of the biggest gifts. And so one has to be selfish first to become aware in some regards. So I'm just kind of redefining this idea of selfish. It's really just a, an attention inward. When we take the time to meditate, when we take the time to get in our bodies through exercise and sleep and good food, and when we take the time to be contemplative, then we can actually then come from a place that I, I believe is more genuine and authentic and true to form, true to you, than just unconsciously continuing programmed thought from culture, from parents, and so forth. So this is kind of turning this idea on its head of what it means to be turned on and to be selfish in, in regards to knowing ourselves well. So when we know ourselves well and we start to activate or become aware of those aspects of ourselves, then we can bring those forward in the world. Here's an image that I received while I was in meditation, and I actually really like it. So the image is that of, if we could imagine those parts of ourselves as children, say we have six children that are representing the aspects of ourselves. And if you're activating, let's say you're activating five of the six, and you know you're a writer, you know that you're an athlete, or you know that you love computer programming, and you love travel, or you love making beautiful meals for people. Let's say you're, you're activating parts of yourself that you're aware of. But there's, there's another part or a few parts that you might or might not be aware of, or you're aware of, but you're afraid to bring it out, or you feel like that would be quote unquote, selfish to bring it out. And so then you put it in your shadow or you ignore it. We all know what happens when you ignore a child. <laughs> they start fires. They start throwing things. They start getting sick. It depends on the kind of child you have, but metaphorical child. But that's where sickness comes in. That's where depression and anxiety come in, because those are parts of ourselves that are unexpressed and they want expression. Some people might disagree with that, but I hold that illness or dis-ease is parts of ourselves that are unexpressed. So when we start to be open to bringing those parts forward, even if it's scary, even at the idea that someone might have a feeling about it, that when we start to uncover those parts, we start to feel into our wholeness. We start to feel into our health. So I know for myself that there are, I'll speak, speak on my behalf, that there are parts of me that have like writing. I have felt scared to do it. And on some level, I've made up a thousand excuses. My father was a writer. There's a lot of energy growing up around that. He stayed in the attic and he wrote every day and he was fairly intense about it and also very exacting. And then my brother and sister have both written books. You know, I have a bit of trauma from childhood, you know, trying to write five paragraph themed 
<laughs> essays in high school. And so there's a lot of energy around writing. But I know I'm a writer. I know that when I do write, it's just another form of expressing myself. And I actually really enjoy it. So it's this part of me that has been knocking at my soul for several years now. I have been pushing it away and like, no, no, you know, I can't, and a thousand excuses. And then I got to look at, well, what happens if I don't actualize that? You know, it brings in the question, what if I, when I get to the end of my life, and I realized that I, out of fear, didn't activate that part. I didn't say hello to that part. And so, one, I don't want to get to the end of my life and realize that I haven't activated a part because I was afraid. And what am I afraid of? What am I afraid of? I'm afraid of people's reaction. It's not good enough. You know, it goes into a whole perfection piece. Uh, what will people think? And what if they agree? Or what if they don't agree? And once again, it really goes back to what I said earlier. It doesn't matter what other people's response is. It's I need to express that part of myself. You know, even doing these podcasts, are they perfect? Absolutely not. However, it's an expression of myself. So when I sit down to do them, I remind myself, oh, this is just me playing. This is me playing with my voice. It's playing with some ideas. It's, it's playing with spirit. And when I keep it in a remembering that this is play, this is for me, that this is an expression of me. Now, do I hope people get something from it? Absolutely. It would be win-win. I'm getting something from it. And would it be great if someone else, yeah, sure, that would be awesome. But I can't go, I can't write or do podcasts or do my work hoping that others will get something from it. Because then, then that just brings up a lot of perfection and stop block stop energy. And I want to be in the engagement and dynamic of being impassioned, being turned on. So the other day I wrote a piece around something that happened while I was in England. And it was a really challenging thing that happened. And I realized I needed to write about it. So I wrote a story. And to my point, I wrote it because I needed to express it and it felt really good to write it and to get it out on paper and, and it's surprise, you know, it was, it was a somewhat traumatic thing. It, no, it was a traumatic thing that happened. I won't go into detail about it, but what I found as I was writing is that I, I, humor was coming out. Now that was surprising, but as I sat down and I started writing it, there was some humor that, that was coming out of me. And that wouldn't have been the case if I hadn't necessarily written it. I would have perhaps just stayed in the challenge of it. And so for me to sit down and write, other aspects came out, which I was grateful for. But here's what's so interesting is I sent this story to about five people and everybody's response was different. Which is to my point, because everybody is coming from somewhere. They're all coming from their life experiences. They have a lens through which they see the world. And some thought it was funny. Some thought it was like powerful, mythological. Some just thought it was well-written. Some thought it was like, wow, I'm really glad you didn't get hurt. Everybody's response was different because of where they were coming from. And it was just great aha for me that 
that I can't write to one of those feelings. I can't write so that someone's going to constantly say it's well-written, or I can't write so that someone is going to think something's always funny. I have to write for me and for that expression of creativity. And how people feel about it is how they feel about it. So getting back to this idea that being turned on is an act of service. Um, I wanted to play with this today because it busts through this idea that being of service looks a particular way. And I had a conversation actually with a gentleman last night, a friend of mine who says, who said, you know, I'm like a lightning rod. And I just like when I'm in certain relationships, I just wake up certain parts of people and it's challenging and it, you know, and I said, yeah, you are a lightning rod and that's awesome. And we need lightning rods. You know, the work is to not be in reaction to their reaction, but you, you are being of service when you are in your fire. And so I, you know, kind of wrapping this up and getting bringing in the other aspects of my friend who is the therapist. And, you know, that's where the idea originated of like, well, what is it? What, what would it be like if we got really clear about what turns us on and we do it? And then what that is like, that is the gift to the world. That when I'm writing, when I'm expressing myself, when I'm doing my clairvoyant work, when I'm teaching, when I'm a lover, a lover in the sense of being in big love, when I am loving, I am so excited and engaged. And that is service. That is service. So given that, I am really curious to this community, what turns you on and what keeps you feeling alive? And what would you like to discover about those parts that you've been shy to bring forward, that you've been scared to bring forward, and perhaps for great reason, and what would it look like if you got to the end of your life and you realized that you hadn't activated those parts, whatever it might be, the creative, some part of your sexuality, some part of knowing that you're a, a father and you don't have children, but what can you actually father in your life? I Hopefully this conversation, this podcast will awaken and enliven those parts of yourself that want expression, that when you bring the fullness of who you are to the table, we all benefit. A world full of turned on people is a bright and exciting world. Thank you. Once again, thank you for listening to Big Light Podcast, Reflections on Living into Our Soul's Essence. You can find me at amiellandor.com. That is A-M-I-E-L-L-A-N-D-O-R.com emiellandor.com and I am available for intuitive readings, workshop collaborations, and guided insight. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It was great having you here and I hope you have a beautiful day.